second episode of a series of podcasts called A Coffee Catch-Up. My name is Christian Campo and I'll be your host today for the Australian Latin American Young Professionals podcast. In this channel, we will discuss Australia and Latin American bilateral relationships and we will touch topics of entrepreneurship, professional development and business growth. So tonight we have a special guest. He's Leonardo. He's the CEO of Idumi, Startup Chile and Social Lab alumni and he's one of the first Latin American entrepreneurs that went through the Y Combinator in Silicon Valley, where companies like Dropbox and Airbnb, among others, were born. And he's also a TED speaker with his talk, How Much Are We Willing to Sacrifice to Achieve Our Dreams? Leonardo's mission with Idumi is to connect all teachers and students in the world to help them achieve their maximum potential by communicating, collaborating, and sharing, and thus to help reduce the education gap between public and private education. Thank you, Leonardo, for coming. Thanks, Christian, for having me. So what are you having today for coffee? So I'm not coffee savvy. And as I told you before, uh, I just got homebrew coffee, <laughs> regular ground coffee. Yeah, sometimes homebrew is the best. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes better when you make it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Well, um, can we, let's just start things. Um, can you tell us a little bit, what does Idumi stand for? and what are your business uh, work? So Christian, again, thank you for having me. And I'm gonna start telling you why we call our company Edumi. So Edumi comes from educate me. That's, that's pretty easy. And the reason why I started the company is because my mom is a teacher, a school teacher. A few years ago, I saw her struggling with the amount of work she had inside and outside the classroom, and I decided to build something to help her. Uh, so it's been again uh, a little more than five years and we've been able to grow it from Chile. We started, we started the company in Chile, then we moved to the US and now Australia and we've been able to grow our user base to more than half of a million teachers and students coming every day from all over the world. And what um, our business is, is as you said, we connect teachers with their students so they can communicate, collaborate and share providing tools at the same time for teachers to help them save time in things like uh, crafting their lesson plans, building quizzes, assigning homework to their students, grading all those assi assessments, uh, which helps them save up to seven hours a week. Any teacher can sign up completely for free. Uh, having access to one classroom with 100 students stops. And if they want to collaborate with other teachers or if they want to add more students to those classrooms, they can jump to the team version, which is charged per month. This is, it's, sorry, is $5 per month per teacher. And they have another option, which is to jump to the school version, which is half of a dollar per month per student. So that way, principals or people on top of teachers uh, can, you know, manage all these classrooms. Oh, wow, that's really, that's really good. It looks like um, it, came, it came from a... From a humble, from a humble start, and that's really, really, really good. But I have you now. We 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 here now, and you're here in Australia. Mm -hmm. So you were born in Chile. How did your journey went from Chile, and you ended up here in Australia? Okay, so that's quite a long story. I'm gonna try <laughs> to squeeze it. Uh, so I was studying computer science and industrial engineering. So computer science and engineering and industrial engineering both at the same time. I was about to finish both, uh, or about to get uh, those two degrees, 
but something on the back of my neck like a little bug kept saying you know just go outside the world and build something to help people out and the reason behind this is because when I was a kid my family was really poor I, I grew up as someone keen to help other people to get really good opportunities in life as my parents worked really hard to give me those same opportunities to me so I dropped out and I started the company. So at the very beginning, I got help from the Chilean government through a program called Startup Chile. And we got our first $40,000 to build the first version of the platform. It was an MVP. Uh, so that allowed us to get our first few thousand users within Chile and a couple of hundred thousand, sorry, a, a couple of hundred uh, users from other countries in Latin America. So from there, it took us a couple of years to really understand the problem in the education sector, not just in Chile, but in the whole region. And then we, we were approaching a, a wall, a literal financial wall, because we didn't have any money. We weren't making any money at the moment. So we started looking for new opportunities overseas. And one day, my former co-founder found <coughs> an opportunity in the US we applied to this program called, or this accelerator called Y Combinator, which is pretty well uh, recognized. Yeah, it's pretty well uh, known. Yeah. <laughs> so we applied to the education arm of Y Combinator, which was known as Imagine K-12. They merged uh, together like a year and a half ago. Uh, and we got lucky, and we were the first Chilean and first Latin American entrepreneurs to go through the program. I, I know that there's other entrepreneurs that went through Y Combinator, but I have to insist that we were the first Chileans <laughs> to go through the accelerator. <laughs> anyway, so that's how we started the company in Chile. Then we moved to the US for about half of a year. We got $100,000 from this accelerator, uh, access to an incredible network of investors and potential partners. That's in Silicon Valley, right? Yes, that's in literally in the heart of Silicon Valley. Uh, the office was located in Mountain View. I, from my knowledge, they I think they moved to San Francisco recently. Yeah, but they were in Mountain View, close to uh, really close to Microsoft and Apple. Uh, so we were there for about six months with my former co-founder and w with my other uh, co-founder, who's my, one of my brothers, Sebastian. We were there for about six months, living in, in a really small apartment. Uh, I remember that we, we really want to say, we really wanted to save money, and we rented the only room we had to other entrepreneur of the accelerator, so we had to sleep in the living room with three mattresses. Uh, on the floor. Uh, it was a really stressful situation, uh, but we learned a lot. And to be honest, I believe that we didn't get the best out of the experience going through white community because we weren't mature enough, uh, to be honest. So after going through the accelerator, uh, we, we got a chance to stay in the US. We, we got an investment uh, offer and we rejected the offer because that meant that we had to stay in the U.S. and work, work for the American uh, you know, market. But we really believed that our m first mission or main mission was to help Latin American people. So that's why we decided to move back to Chile, which wasn't a really smart decision. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really love the idea of going back to my country, but in retrospective, I... 
I think that we would have succeed way faster if we stayed in the US. But that's that's not the case anymore. So that's how you learn from there. Yeah, you you make mistakes along the way. <laughs> anyway, so we moved back to Chile. Uh, we fixed a couple of things in our platform. Uh, we improved a lot of things. We started working directly with the government, uh, the Chilean government. Uh, so our biggest client was the education department of the Chilean government. Uh, we were able to to make a lot of money while helping the absence of teachers and students of our in, in our country. And then again, we started hitting another wall uh, in terms of cultural differences, if, if I can call it like that, because as entrepreneurs, we like to move fast and we want to work to make actual changes. And as you know, Latin American governments are a little slow, to say, this, to say the less. <laughs> so we had our differences with the education department in Chile and it really didn't work well uh, in the long term. So we started looking for new opportunities to work with more developed markets. And this was 2017, or I don't remember if it, it was at the end of 2016 or at the beginning of 2017. It was probably December or January 2017. So you think the, the government was a big barrier for you to try to move forward with the business? Yes. Uh, it's, it is a cultural thing, uh, even though in Chile we have great programs as like Startup Chile and Social Lab, uh, we, we went uh, through both programs. Uh, there's still a lot of things that we have to change in, uh, in cult cultural regards. I believe that even though people want to make changes, uh, for some reason, I, 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 I would we would call it like the invisible hand, uh, we, we wouldn't be allowed to make those changes. So again, we wanted to grow faster with people that really was keen to, you know, help build building these changes in the education sector. So we started looking uh, to more developed markets and one of those was Australia. Uh, so while looking for opportunities, uh, we stumbled upon uh, a kind of accelerator or incubator program here in Australia, uh, which is really similar to Startup Chile, which grants 100,000 Australian dollars to entrepreneurs from overseas to come to Australia and start their businesses here, or not to start their businesses, but to move here and to expand them. What's the name of that? The name of the program or grant is Hot Desk. Yeah. So we applied from Chile to, to the program. We were accepted. And my wife and I, we moved to Australia in September 2017. And it's been great. It's been a great experience. I, I mean, I don't like to compare because every country has its own, you know, uh, quirks. And there's a lot of differences, yes. There, there's a lot of space for improvement everywhere. But uh, what I can say is that I feel like I, I have got way more help here in Australia than in other countries. Mm. Well, now that you're touching the topic about Australia, maybe you can tell us why did you pick Australia? Um, what does Australia really offers to the businesses like yours? And or what kind of support have you gotten? Yeah, okay, so as, as I mentioned, uh, we were looking for opportunities. We found one here in Australia. I wasn't sure about the culture or the country itself. Uh, the only thing that I knew at the moment was that Australians speak English, and mine is not that good. 
but uh, definitely it'll be improved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it has, it has. But anyways, uh, we got accepted by Hotdesk, so we moved here. My team is still back in Chile, so at the very beginning it was really, really difficult to work with them because we have 14 hours of time difference. Uh, so, so, so they work in your time or you work in their time? No, we sometimes it's my time, sometimes some other times it's theirs. Uh, we switch and that's, that's okay. But at the very beginning we struggled because we weren't we, we wasn't prepared or we weren't prepared to work uh, this way uh, as a remote team. So at the very beginning, and I'm, I'm talking about December 2017, January 2018, we really struggled to make this work. Actually, half of my team left the company because we, we didn't have the, the means to, to keep them working with us while we, we were transitioning from a Chilean company to a global company. And once I moved here, I learned that the community, even though the community, the startup community here in Brisbane is not that big, there's a lot of things that they are doing to improve it uh, and to make it bigger. One of those was, of course, bringing entrepreneurs from overseas to share our experiences with local entrepreneurs. And from my side, uh, because of the help of uh, the Australian government and the Queensland government in particular, uh, I got the chance to outgrow my own network and to meet incredible people, investors, or other, other entrepreneurs, and so on. Yeah, well, I feel that uh, in Australia is adopting a lot the way it's called the future ways of working, which is supposed to be that we are able to work independently and remotely. Mm. Um, where I work as well, it happens that I work anywhere I, can, I want as long as I, I can achieve my tasks. Mm. Do you think that will be a, um, is that the way that you guys managing right now or is it like an agile kind of working? Well, so right now we are just a bunch of people in the company, but we figure it out how to make it work. We, we have a schedule, a proper schedule. We have a, a board with all the tasks and goals that we have to meet in certain times. So it's not that difficult anymore. Uh, but from the uh, cultural standpoint, I mean, being here in Australia, uh, the good thing about being here is that I don't need to be in a physical office to get help from lots of people uh, because I already built my network. It, was, it took me just like six months to build a really good network of entrepreneurs and potential investors. And through them, I've met people in other countries as well. So that's what's making the company work here in Australia. Yeah. I think that one positive thing about Australia is everyone, like we have people from everywhere around the world here. Definitely, definitely. So actually that's one of the, li one of the things that I like the most about Australia, uh, if I compare it with my country or Latin America in general, is that Australia is a really welcoming country. And since it has uh, different cultures and people coming from all the world, it's really easy to fit. Uh, it is crazy. I, I know it, it's gonna sound crazy, but I feel like I am home here in Australia, but I am not home when I go back to Chile. It's, it's, it's kind of weird, but that's how I feel. You get you get accustomed to it. Sometimes I feel the same way when I'm when I'm about to go visit my family back home, and I feel like a tourist. Yes, I feel like a tourist when I'm yeah, there. It happens <laughs> the same to me. It happens the same to me. Yeah. Well, now that you're talking about these different cultures and countries. What do you think are the differences between um, doing your working with your startup in Chile or in US or in Australia um, when it comes to starting your own business? Okay, so there's there's uh, 
a couple of key differences between uh, those three. I would say that Chile and Australia are really similar in lots of regards. The first is that both countries are 20 or million, 20 million or so people. Both countries have their economies based on the same things, mining, agriculture, uh, and a couple of other things, but both are really similar. And the good thing about both countries is that since they are not that big, both serve as really good uh, lab, uh, laboratories to test your products. So that's a good thing. That's really different than the US because the US is a bigger market and you have to tackle different things to make your product work in the American market. But the main difference between Chile and Australia is that Australia is a first world country. And that's key to the success of your company. Uh, it's a way more developed market uh, in every industry. So it's way more easy to you know, grow your business. Uh, and there's little things that are important to us, like being able to pay online, uh, being able to open a bank account in a um, couple of minutes. Uh, if you go to Chile and you want to open a bank account, it's gonna take you forever and you, you are going to have to uh, get a, a letter signed by the Pope with his blood to get a bank account. It's, it is really crazy in Chile. Not all people in Chile have access to credit cards or debit cards, uh, therefore they cannot pay online. So all those things affect in a negative way uh, our business. And it's the same, it's the same thing with, uh, for other companies. So that's why we decided to move to a more developed country. Yeah, I feel that maybe when, they, when it's a first world country, it doesn't, the country doesn't have to worry about the issues such as corruption or crime, well, high rate of crime. Yeah. Um, like poverty and employment. So once all that is covered, then the country can actually develop a more work and more opportunities into new businesses like mm -hmm. yours. Yeah. So it took me... But then what about US versus Australia? Yeah, so again, I would say that the, there's key differences between both countries. The first one is that since Australia is smaller, uh, it serves better to the goal of testing your product. Uh, I, I, I could go to the US and test it again, but the thing that I like about Australia in my particular industry, which is education, is that edu the education department has everything centralized. Whereas in the US, you have to go through every different state, every different area. You, you have to work with districts, schools. Uh, I mean, it, it is a mess. It is, it is really messy. Uh, whereas here in Australia is really simple. That's one thing from my industry in, part in particular. But I would say that the main, di my, the main reason why I decided to come to Australia instead of going back to the US is just a cultural thing. I, I love how American people embrace uh, changes and how they are actually building the future of the world because they are. Whether we like it or not, they are. Uh, but I, I'm not going to name politicians uh, <laughs> involved in this, but there's certain things that I don't like about uh, what's going on in the US right now. So uh, for security reasons and cultural differences, I decided that Australia was way more welcoming and it suits me better to make my business work in a first world country and more developed economy. Yeah, no, I completely, I completely agree with you. Um, I've been I've been to America as well and me South American and I know how welcoming Australia has been for mm -hmm. me 
and I, I really don't have much to complain about. I, I know everyone has different stories, but at least from my point of view, it's, it's, been, it's been a really good journey so far. But I have you here in Brisbane, and we, you know, there's Melbourne and Sydney, which is such a much bigger city where more things are happening there. Mm. Why did you pick Brisbane and not those other uh, hubs other of things. Australia? Okay, so the first reason is uh, because of the hot desk. So hot desk is a program uh, created by the Queensland government. So in order to come to Australia and set up your business here, you have to move to one city here in Queensland. And of course, the best place to move in is a capital city. In this case, it's Brisbane. Even though I went to uh, Sydney and Melbourne, I, I've been there a couple of times in both cities, but one of the things that I like about Brisbane is that first, it's cheaper. <laughs> yes. Second is, is that the city is not that crowded, uh, so that allows me to feel, you know, like I am home instead of being in a, I, I, know I come from a, uh, a busy city. Uh, Santiago has like seven and a half million people, which is like half of the population of my country. That's <laughs> crazy. Uh, but I don't want to live in a crowded city anymore. Uh, so that's that's why I wanted to stay here. But sometimes I think everyone knows each other in, in Brisbane. Yeah, it is like a little town uh, slash city. I mean, it is a city, but no, the actual city is really small. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I like it. I really like it. I like the weather. Uh, this, oh. is the, this is the best um, fall slash winter of my entire life. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Brisbane weather, it's amazing. And of course, um, the, just the expenses here are so much cheaper. Yeah. This is actually one of the main reasons why uh, a lot of people move to Brisbane yeah. is because of the weather and because of the housing expenses. Yes, that is Because true. renting in Sydney, everyone knows it's ridiculous. It's pretty expensive. Yes. And Melbourne, it's right there on next, next to him. So I, uh, especially for entrepreneur who doesn't want to be spending. Yeah, a lot you know, of money just in housing. $800 a week in <laughs> rent. I think um, it, it, the feasibility is there. But no, you're right. Um, well, uh, you know, uh, talking about the weather, another thing that I love about Queensland in particular is that people seem to be happy all the time. <laughs> That's and what the sun does to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually feel way happier. So last year I went back to Chile for a couple of months to visit family and friends. And we went on winter. And to be honest, it was one of the worst winters in my entire life. So. So usually in Santiago, we have like below zero temperatures every winter, yeah. but that particular one was really, really bad. And I, I, I really was craving, craving, you know, the possibility of getting just little sunlight. I, I was missing so bad this city. <laughs> but um, just like one last question uh, about Australia. So when it comes to entrepreneurship, um, I know some people that are here and they want to do is they want to start a their own businesses here. Do you think Australia really helps them out when, when it comes to venture capitalism? Okay, so one of the things that is going on here in Australia and I find it really good is that there's lots of grants and accelerators that are helping entrepreneurs to kickstart their projects or companies. So if you go to other countries in the world like Chile, uh, there, there are some uh, programs that can help you with money but are not that good like this one. So one of the things that are really, really good about Australia is that Australia is really connected with the UK, which can help you really uh, to 
to grow your business really fast and you don't have that kind of bridge in other countries or regions uh, in terms of, of money there's lots of grants and as I mentioned again uh, there's lots of accelerators so there is access to resources uh, when it comes to start a company so I would say that Australia is a great place because there's capital there's connections I mean network uh, there is a market uh, a, a good economy and there's good connections with other markets as well so I would say that is it's perfect so for what would be the advice that you would give to a Latin American or you know anyone who wants to start a business in Australia how could they get started okay so this is common knowledge but the first thing you have to do to start a business is to actually start it and and I know that it sounds silly but there's lots of people that have great ideas and they really want to start their own business or being an entrepreneur or being their own bosses but the very first step is the most difficult one because if you want to come out of your comfort zone or if you want to you know quit your day job or nine to five day job and if you think you don't have enough resources or, or help from outside that's that's a complete lie so you have to find enough energy and courage to come out from your comfort zone and just do it just to start talking to people go to uh, networking events, try to meet other entrepreneurs, try to uh, involve, get involved in the scene, entrepreneurship and, or entrepreneurial scene, that's, that's key. And after meeting all these people, you will have a better understanding of how it feels to be an entrepreneur. Uh, for me, it's been, it's been incredible. I mean, at the same time, it's really difficult. And as an entrepreneur, I don't wish other people to be entrepreneurs because it's <laughs> really, really hard, trust me. Uh, I've been, I've been really close to go bankrupt at least three times uh, within five years, which is really difficult. I mean, I cannot complain because I love what I do. For me, waking up every day is like playing with a bucket of Lego pieces. So it's for me, it's really really fun. But again, the the risk that you are taking is really high, but the reward at the same time is way way more big than the one that you, that you will get you know doing something that you don't really like so if you had an idea if you want to start your, your business just do it and there's plenty of resources there's plenty of help there's plenty of people waiting for you to come to them to ask for help actually so just do it yeah i feel that's why when someone asks me i just say just go like nike just do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly but um I, I feel that, that, that as well it's really important that they have to be immersed themselves to the entrepreneurship world because whenever you hang out with, you know, you, f you are your closest five friends. Exactly. And if your five friends are not mind. into entrepreneurship, then you feel that you're not too, too involved. involved into it. And then you lose, you lose that spirit that you wanted to, that you started with. Yeah. Then, then if you surround yourself by entrepreneurs and you feel, okay, everyone is it's doing this stuff, everyone is progressing, it makes you want to feel a little bit competitive. Yes. That you say, I want to do it too. That's a good thing. And, and it is a good thing. It's, it's, it's a positive competitiveness when it makes you want to say, you know what, I can do it too. I'm working on this. And that's why it's important who is your closest five, five yeah, friends. So, so just as you said, uh, one self is the sum of the closest five people you have. Yeah. And, um, but 
what kind of activities would you would you think will be something that they, that an entrepreneur, a new entrepreneur, uh, should invest in? So first thing is that uh, you should be attending to networking events just to meet other entrepreneurs and potential investors or partners. That's that's a really uh, powerful thing to do. Uh, and the other thing that you should do even if you are not a technical founder, I mean, if, if we are talking about here startups, most of them are, are tech startups. Uh, I've met lots of founders looking for um, developers because it's, it's crazy expensive to hire a developer or to find one as a co-founder. So just to start learning how to code. <laughs> uh, you know, my one of my younger brothers, he's a musician by training, and he started his own company four years ago, so he wanted a developer as like a founder. He couldn't find one, so he learned to code. And he's a music he's a freaking musician. So <laughs> if, a, if 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 a musician was able to to learn to code, you can do it. I mean, it is at first it's a little scary, but then you will realize that you can build actually whatever you have in your mind. So that's that's incredible. It's really powerful. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people want to start the and they get scared because they say oh i need a developer yeah and developers are hard to find yeah a good one <laughs> and yeah exactly and good ones are, are very hard to find and and when it comes to the, the first point that we said you know you have to do it just yeah. do it and that's when you have to be willing to do the extra thing yeah. to differentiate you from yes. the other from talking so be prepared to be the ceo the cto the coo the coffee maker, the one that you know cleans everything. So you will you will wear like a thousand different hats every day, and that's part of the job. So be prepared to be uh, your own cheerleader because sometimes you will struggle as an entrepreneur. Uh, some days some days are gonna be really difficult to go through. Uh, but again, that's part of the journey. Being an entrepreneur is literally like living in a roller coaster, but that's exciting as well. What what do you? What has been through your t um, through your journey so far? What's been your most difficult time? So as I mentioned, we we were about to go bankrupt three times. The last time was December 2017, just after we moved to Australia because we lose one of the, our biggest contracts with the education department of Chile. So we lose like 250,000 US dollars. That's oh a lot. God. That's a lot. Yeah, of, that's a that's lot of money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> so we weren't prepared for that. Uh, so I lose half of my team. Uh, I had to restructure our responsibilities with my other co-founders, and we found a way to make it work. Uh, we are still uh, we we made it work, but we are still finding new ways to grow our company, being more efficient and, and with less money. So. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what every company is doing anyway right now. Yeah, yeah, that's about that's that's my digitize digitizing the the businesses and, and try to make it more efficient. Yes, exactly. By not increasing the cost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, just a last thing to close it off. I am, um, as I mentioned before, you did a TED talk. Mm -hmm. So, I wanted to ask you the, the same the question of the topics that you did. How much do you think a successful entrepreneur? should be willing to sacrifice to achieve their dreams? Okay, so that answer is gonna be different for everybody. But in my case, uh, it happens to be that my company or the goal of my company became my own dream, my personal dream. 
So before before this podcast, I was telling you about uh, my childhood. So my family was really poor when I was a kid, and I had the opportunity or I had the chance to have incredible parents. They worked really, really hard to give me good educational opportunities, which I took. Uh, I took responsibility on them. Uh, but then when I was about to get two degrees in the best university in my country, I decided to drop out because I realized that the education system is broken. It's broken, and there's lots, there's millions of kids around the world that uh, want to become someone or want to build something, but they don't have the chance. That's because the education system is not working. So for me, again, in my case, I, 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 I took a stand for this problem. I turned in my own my own personal uh, you know goal and I am willing to sacrifice a lot of things you, I mean you took it you took it personal yeah I took it personal I took it personal really personal and of course there's there's few things that come first my business like my family friends and now my wife of course but in personal uh, terms I would say that not having per- a personal life that's like in the tenth place after my company, so <laughs> I actually have gained some weight in the last year. I I haven't had uh, enough time to go out, you know, and meet my friends, and that's something that I really miss. But at the same time, I see how we are progressing towards meeting our goals and to achieve our dream. So it totally worth it. Uh, again, I remember starting thing starting this company in the living room of my one of my former co-founders we were just kids coding and now i'm really happy because every single day we are helping more than half of a million people from around the world and we are just a bunch of guys trying to change the world so if you really believe what you want to do or what you're doing just go for it there's there's going to be lots of people that are going to tell you that it is impossible or or they they are they are going to tell you that you have to drop it because there's not enough money coming through or whatever. There's, there's always a reason to stop you know, fighting for what you believe. But as an entrepreneur, you really want to or you, you really have to fight for it because nobody else will do. Mm, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. That's a really good message. It actually reminds me a message my dad told me once that he said uh, um, it comes to priorities and whatever is less priority for your life that's what we start sacrificing it starts going down it's like a pyramid you know your end goal is the more important and then whatever goes below it you can remove it remove it remove it as long as you achieve that do you agree with that yeah totally agree oh well thank you very much Leonardo, for having us here um it's been an amazing um chat and it really it really makes you just just to conclude this I just wanted everyone to, to understand that being a st- an entrepreneur, it's not easy. No. It, it's, it's a very long and, and hard, hard journey. And especially as a Astri- uh, Latin American entrepreneur, you have to battle a lot of the cultural differences. You have to battle sometimes the language. Yes. And, but it all, it's worth it as long as when you, you have in consideration what your goal is. Yes, exactly. Um, well, thank you. Thank you anyway for having us. Um, Thanks again, Christian. Uh, as a closing word, again, I don't wish you to be an entrepreneur because it's really <laughs> painful. But, you know, just wake up tomorrow and prove yourself you can do it because I could be wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Leonardo. Well, thanks for everyone for listening to this show this week. 
If you need to find more or listen to our previous episode, you can go to alive.com slash podcast. But you can also write to us, um, send us an email if there's anything you want to listen in in particular. Our show is produced this week, uh, music and sound composition by Anders Struch. And you're listening to a coffee catch-up.